You're listening to Reporters and Reported, a podcast from Cardiff University's School of Journalism, Media and Culture. In each episode, brought to you by the MA Broadcast Journalism students, we'll bring you insights and interviews with key people in the news industry. We'll examine the challenges, opportunities and threats facing journalism and get tips about the best way to follow a career in the media. This week, me, Anthony Coote, Dan Broderick and Tim Dodd will be talking to Bryony Jones from CNN International. So hi Bryony, thank you for uh, allowing us to interview you on the podcast. The first question for myself is, uh, can you tell us how you got into the industry and give us a brief description of the roles you, you undertook? I basically decided I wanted to go into journalism as, as, a, as a kid. Um, I did my school work experience uh, when I was 14 at the Western Mail and I kind of got bitten by the bug. I did a couple of different stories while I was, while I was there. Um, and I wrote one story that was used as a photo story and I did some research for a piece and that made the front page. It was not a big newsy story, it was a feature story, but it was used on one of the, one of the promo boxes on the front page. And I came in the next day and there were, you know, news reporters coming in and being like, this is amazing, you know, you, I've waited years and years to get my first front page and you've got one on your first work experience week. And they were obviously just, you know, trying to encourage me a bit but it, it, it's true that you kind of get bitten by the bug and so I used to spend work I used to spend lots of my school holidays I was one of those nerdy nerdy journalism kids um, who spent school holidays at various newspapers and then I came here um, and did newspaper journalism course uh, from there I went to uh, the news in Portsmouth and that's where I went and did my I did my placement with them while I was on the course um, and so I spent uh, my Easter vacation with them and then I went straight back there as soon as I'd finished the course straight into a job um, luckily enough um, and, and I worked there for um, two and a half years as a, a basic you know, cub reporter um, uh, I was lucky enough that that was the point at which uh, BBC online operations were really being expanded um, so they were recruiting an awful lot of people all at once for BBC News Online in the, all the regional bureaus and also for the Where I Live websites, which don't exist anymore. And I applied for a couple of jobs in that kind of recruitment phase. And the one I ended up taking was um, in Bristol. So I went to Bristol. Oh, I was there for four years, I think. And then after that, I went to, moved to Australia. My husband's job took us to Australia. So I moved there without a job to go to, but just knowing that journalism is a very transferable skill. And so I kind of hit the ground running, kind of I worked at Channel 7 for a while there and then found my kind of spiritual home while I was there was SBS, which focuses on really international international news stories in their newsroom. Um, so I, I was based there, again, digital. And then we came back again with my husband's work uh, and again, I didn't have a job to go to and I spent uh, six months freelancing and kind of panicking about what, what I was going to do because at the time, you know, the kind of polar opposite to the job at the BBC in Bristol, I came back and it wasn't a good time for the industry. There weren't very many jobs around. Everything seemed to be in business news and that was not my area of expertise at all. You know, I was getting quite panicked by then. By then. Um, and I was really lucky enough that um, I'd sent an email at one point to the CNN team and they were looking for freelancers and I started freelancing there. 
and they took me on from, from freelance into a staff role pretty quickly. And so, yeah, I've been there ever since. From your experience of dealing with delicate situations, for example, the, you covered the Calais mi- migrant yes. camp. Yeah. How do you approach those situations? How do you approach the migrants themselves? Um, so could you just tell us a little bit about how you would do that as a reporter? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not an easy part of the job. Some of the toughest days I ever had in my career were working on the local paper in Portsmouth and having to do death knocks. And nothing prepares you for that. You can talk about them in, in journalism class. You know, you know that they're, they're not going to be fun. They're not, they are going to be a grim experience. But sometimes people are happy to talk. You do have to be prepared to have the door slammed in your face. And you, you, you kind of go through that. And it, it does teach you a lot about sensitivity and kind of how to handle tough conversations. And so I think, yeah, the, the story of the, the, the migrants in the jungle camp at Calais and also some of the kind of terror attack stuff that I've, I've been involved in. My personal take on it is to just go very, is to be very kind of softly, softly about it, to appreciate and completely understand that there are some people just won't want to talk to you. And you just have to take that on the chin and go, you know what, that's absolutely fine. Walk away and approach the next person. Um, but there are, just as there were with the death knocks, there are some times when people really do want to talk. You know, migrants in the jungle, you know, they were in a really, they were in a really rough situation. Nobody would choose to be living in that, those kind of conditions. They'd come trying to, you know, find new life, better life in, in Europe. And they'd ended up in this kind of squalid camp. I was there for a couple of days when it was literally going up in smoke around them. And, you know, where do they go next? What do they do next? They, you know, there were people who had some really tough decisions to, to, to kind of make. And them just talking it through with you, kind of, you get the sense that helps them. But it is, it's all about sensitivity and just being prepared to have the literal or metaphorical door slammed in your face and just not letting that get you down. How do you give a fair or impartial coverage of someone who's constantly criticising your organisation, calling it fake news? The fake news question is a really tough one. We do have a DC team who, who deal with this on a daily basis. But, you know, obviously when you're organization is being criticized and I know this from working at the BBC as well you know when when your organization is is being constantly criticized by politicians it can occasionally be hard not to take it personally but we have to strive to do that we have a job to do we have to get up in the morning and report the news and um, write our stories and put our news out there and we can't let what politicians say about us get us down Yes, there will be days when the rhetoric is so unpleasant that it's hard to do that. But we have to we have to strike that balance. What challenges has CNN faced in continuing to serve the changing demands of audiences? It's just the fact that the media landscape changes so fast and we have to we have to move fast with it. And for organizations like CNN and like the BBC, certainly when I was there, it's hard to kind of, it can be hard to pivot quickly if you need to. Um, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot to be said for smaller news organisations that can kind of decide, not quite on a whim, but they can see the way something is going and go, hey, we should do this and we should do more of that and we should report this particular story in this way. And for a big legacy media organisation like CNN, it can, be, it can be hard to kind of to pivot quickly and to make big changes like that just because there's there's a lot of people who work with us and yeah when 
it, it is just it can just be hard to kind of to adapt and kind of making sure that we can react as quickly as we can. How does CNN's approach to covering international news differ from something, say, maybe a UK-based organisation like the BBC or ITV? It's sort of two-pronged in that we have, obviously, we have to bear in mind that we have a very big US audience and then we also have a very big international audience and it is fragmented you know in a lot of different places there are certain markets obviously like all organizations there are certain markets that we focus more on but I think it's you know we we have to be aware that we can't cover every story there are some stories that we just have to let go and that's just the nature of the beast you know it's news there are certain stories that would make the front page on one day and because they happen on a day when X, Y, or Z was happening. They're lucky to make page 19 of a newspaper. You know, it's the nature of the beast. How have you adapted your content in an age constantly competing for attention? As As I mentioned in the presentation, a lot of it is to do with kind of finding new ways of telling stories that grab people and kind of suck them in and and, and kind of keep them there for a little while. So we we do a lot with trying to um, kind of improve our engagement viewer engagement so things like um the gigapixel i mentioned around the the royal wedding so it's this kind of clickable zoomable image um that you can get right into and because you can do that you can it's it grabs you and kind of keeps you looking so you're kind of you know you can look at the expressions on the faces of people you know the audience cheering as the as as harry and Meghan go past in the in their carriage and another another example was the cobalt mining story so that one was about kind of grabbing people as soon as they click on that story if you go go and look at the story you literally do feel pulled into the story you're following this guy down into the mine and it kind of hopefully that sort of stuff will pull you in and so it immerses you in the story so it's not just you reading and and or listening to or watching a story you'll you feel part of it yeah well thank you very much for your time Thanks. <laughs>